This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest, and is for entertainment purposes only. At the time, obviously, my auntie could tell, like, everything wasn't okay. I just lost my, all was left of my inheritance. It took me the better part of four years. Yes, it took me the better part of four whole years for me to have a concrete strategy and approach to the market. It was pain and agony. It was horrible, but bro... Once you cross that line whereby you say to yourself, if the market doesn't come into my strike zone, I'm not trading. I don't care what happens. That is where true freedom and liberation comes in the Forex market. How did you manage to get to the point and what's the sort of roadmap to get to trading 150 million? Episode 226. Radio folks, we've got Dapo Willis coming up on the show today. Now, Dapo is trading $150 million for a fund. You're going to find out his entire journey as to how he got there, along with some crazy stuff that he's got happening around his house. So that's coming up in a second. We've also got a new series hitting, Support and Resistance, stuff in here that I didn't even know existed. Jamie Palmer is hosting that for us, previous guest, and you're going to learn something in every single episode and get a strategy at the end of it. So that's on the YouTube channel. Other things happening over there, we've got the live streams. We've got Herrera, who passed the 50K challenge, is still doing the live streams, even though he passed that Fidel Crest challenge. We've got another trader doing the challenge, and I've got Herrera on to talk us through his whole trading journey, which is a massive insight into what it takes to become a profitable trader. That's dropping on the show very soon. But enough from me. Let's hear from my sponsor, Fidel Crest, and then get on with it. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are in trading up. We've got Dapo Willis in the house. Uh, he's been trading for 11 years. We're going to hear the story as to how he got into trading and where he's at at the moment, which I know is like he's doing some amazing things. A lot of people have actually reached out and asked me to get you on the show. So I'm so glad we finally been able to make it happen. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Are you serious? People, people want to, people want to hear Pe- what I People want to hear. People have mentioned you. I think for maybe two years, I've had requests to get you on. Really? Yep. And it's, I mean, I know we sort of started this process about six months ago. So, so glad that we managed to make it work and and finally get you here. Um, Do you want to start? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Do you want to start off by telling us your journey into trading, which I suppose you've been doing this for a long time. So, a lot of people who know you now may not even know it. So, how did it all start? Uh, so born in, born in West Africa, Nigeria, um, my, obviously my, my parents are Nigerian. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not exactly the, the best place to be born in, uh, if you ask me on, on the scale of, uh, one to 10. Um, so w- w- when you're born in, 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 in a part of the world, you, your quest for success is, is on another level, right? And then, obviously, born there, had a fairly decent life. My grandfather, my grandparents were very comfortable, um, quite comfortable actually. But I mean, when you you when you're one of the very few privileged ones, and you can look around and everybody's in doing so great, kind of like helps you put things into perspective. Like mm. you're lucky, you know, you're fortunate, and for the fact that you're fortunate, <clears throat> you're privileged. 
I mean, you're privileged. You have to do something about your privilege. If not, you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone. You know, so, and I had uh, people, friends who were from not so privileged backgrounds and I used to see what they used to go through. So that kind of instilled fear in me at a very early age. That's what kind of like, you know, ignited my quest for success. And I was probably like 16 at the time, you know, I was looking for something to do. No, now I'm 16. I'm looking for what to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hustle, right? And for a 16 year old, what's the first place, what's the easiest way to hustle? Online. You start looking for what to do online. So obviously my grandfather was, you know, was alive at the time, you know, so he gave me his laptop because he was getting older. He got, he got people giving him laptops and all that you know souvenirs it was a pretty big shot right so i just i just took him like yeah you can have it he used to call me the body the body <laughs> the body <laughs> my grandfather used to call me the body like the body. i'm like daddy i want you a laptop like yeah. <laughs> you know so we got internet in the house and so i was you know, that's what pretty much kicked off my online journey and then at the age of 16 obviously he had passed away at this time fortunately i was watching a movie so i sat in the living room i was watching wall street money never sleeps and then uh it's the, it's the, i think it was released in it was shot in 2000 and it was a movie about the 2000 you know wall street money never sleeps it was a movie about two it was by michael douglas oh, yeah, yeah 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 wall street yeah i didn't know the catch line no, to it. Yeah. not the one in 1984 the one right. that was shot in just after the financial crisis in 08 so this uh, came out in 2010 yeah so yeah. I, I didn't watch it till 2011 so I'm watching this thing and I'm seeing this guy, you know, he's, he's got a nice apartment in Manhattan. He has a beautiful girlfriend. He drives a fantastic BMW bike. And in the movie, this guy just got a bonus check for 1.5 million US dollars. I'm thinking to myself, yo, I need to be on what this guy's on. Do you know what I mean? Like I need to, <laughs> I need to, so I'm, I'm watching the movie. It's called Blackberry. This is 20, what, 2011? Yeah. Blackberries, Blackberries are the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he's doing emails and you know, I'm thinking, oh, this time I'm using a Nokia. Whoa. So I, I sit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I sit up, right? Uh, I'm like, oh, yo. So I'm like, so I'm watching like, what exactly is this guy up to? What's he doing? And I find out that he's a stockbroker okay he's an investment banker actually um but obviously stockbroken and stuff like that so i watched the movie i'm excited like i want to make money he he was 20 26 at the time i'm like 26 making this kind of money i'm just 17 so you're trying to tell me in 10 years from now i can be getting this kind of checks so i'm like okay cool you know what's going to happen what stockbroken i remember I used to watch the news. Um, can I carry on? I hope I'm not boring. Yeah, yeah no, no, this is good. This is good. This is interesting. <laughs> so uh, I remember um, I used to watch the news with my mom. So my mom is, uh, she's an economics major, right? So I used to watch the news with my mom. Not with my mom, but I used to ask my mom, what's my mom, my granddad? You know, she's watching TV in the television living room. And you know the ticker tape that just goes across the yeah, news yeah. screen, right? Yeah. So I used to ask them, I used to ask my, I asked my grandmother, like, mom uh because i call her mom as well like what, what does that mean she's like ask your mom i sent your mom to school to study economics she should know this shit she didn't know she's like go ask your mom so i went, I went to go ask my mom and my mom was like uh it's been a while i, so I left uni i don't know what that means i'm like all right cool so obviously this was a while ago then at that point i saw it again I'm like, okay, so I guess now is the time to figure it out. So I started asking questions. Luckily for me, I got a pretty intelligent auntie who was in the house at the time. Uh, I'm not trying to say my mom is less intelligent, but she was just paying more. She was just more in tune with what was happening in the business world, right? Yeah. You know, so I just spoke to her about it. She was like, yeah, um, 
that, so I'm in Nigeria at the time, she was like, yo, check the back of the newspaper. They publish the share prices from the Nigerian stock market every single day. Like it's literally published at the back, the updated closing price. I'm like, really? She's like, yes. I'm like, okay, cool. So, so I'm like, so what does this mean? You know, what does this ticker tape mean? So she was like, oh, this appreciated by this percent today. So let's say it's 10. So she pretty much explained to me what it was. So I'm equipped with the little information I have. And then I remember, you see the power of intention, the power of the law of attraction. I don't know what people like to call it these days. They call it all sorts of things, but I like to call it the power of intention. Like, you know, one thing I realized about life is once I put my mind to something, the universe kind of like, you know, starts dropping clues and everything. My, my brain has the ability to put everything together. Do you get what I mean? Like once I want to do something, okay, once I'm intentional about something, you know, all the information that I've ever had, every little thing that I've seen that is related to that thing starts to come together like a little puzzle in my head. Do you know what I mean? So I remember seeing uh, certificates, dividend certificates, share certificates. You have to understand this is Nigeria where things were not exactly the most digitized at the time. So we used to literally do like mails, your share certificates would come in the mail, you know, dividends. So I remember seeing, because my grandfather had a lot of that. Um, so I remember seeing a lot of that and I'm like, hmm, wait, that is, so, so, so you know, so I, I just thought, of, wait. So I quickly grabbed a, a stack, a stash, because he was dead like maybe four years. So he was dead in 06. So this was 2011. So five years. So he had his mails that obviously nobody had opened. Nobody knew what the hell to do with, you know, things from, you know, stuff like that. So I, I grabbed it, you know, so I opened it and then I, I took a, I took one of his pens. I'm sure you, you can tell I love him so much. He, he was a huge part of my life, yeah, you know, growing yeah. up. Uh, so so I, I, I looked at the, the number of shares. So it's obviously simple. That, that was simple math, right? Number of shares multiplied by the share price at the at the closing of the of, of the market. I'm like, this is worth three million naira. Uh at the time. So that's what about twenty thousand. That was about twenty thousand dollars. Right, yeah. I'm joking. I'm not joking. We had like sixty-five of them. Oh, seriously. <laughs> I'm thinking nobody knows about this shit. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, everybody, because everybody, because he left properties, right? He left properties and he left like buildings and stuff like that. So everybody's like, the houses, it is. They forgot to check the papers on the ground. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> long story short, but it's in his name. Do you know what I'm saying? But I remember my mom always calling me first uh, or maybe like 10th of January every year to tell me, oh, your dividends just came from Zenith Bank. And I'm going to pay into your kiddies account because I wasn't 18 at the time. I still had a kiddies account. So like I said, the power of intention, gee, I'm saying the law of intention. I remember that. So for me to have dividends, I must have shares. And I remember my mom calling me one time because I was in high school. Oh, daddy just bought you some shares, blah, blah. I just thought it was one of those things. He just wanted to buy me something. I had shares. (laughs) I had something, you know what I'm saying? Like, So I'm like, okay, cool. All right, let's take it bit by bit. Okay, so then, you know, I got the bug in me now. I start watching Bloomberg. So I remember there was some channels at the end because Bloomberg is right next to CNN and BBC, which I never go to because that's for old people, right? But I remember flicking through the channels. Maybe I'm trying to look for CNN and then I overshoot CNN to Bloomberg. And I'm like, 
Simon Saldane. No, 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 no. So I'll dial back to CNN and then to watch some music, MTV and stuff like that. So I remember there was a channel that all they spoke about was <laughs> finance, right? So we got CNBC and we got Bloomberg, right? So I check on CNBC. Uh, when I watch CNBC and Bloomberg, you know what I mean? Bloomberg, the quality from Bloomberg is a lot sharper. And they have, at the time, they were more pretty ladies. Because <laughs> at the time, on Bloomberg, Bloomberg International, you had people like Trish Reagan, Scarlett Fu, uh, Betty Lou. These are people from way back. Pretty chicks, you know what I'm saying? And some really corporate looking guys that look like they got money so i'm like this is the channel i want to watch so right. <laughs> i did you know and i knew nothing about what the, i knew nothing about what they were talking about right um absolutely nothing uh but i just used to watch it so that was what i think that's what gave me my preliminary knowledge preliminary information or whatever it is you want to call it but that was what gave me my the background into 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 trading and finance i just used to watch bloomberg all day right, you know right. and then yeah i just used to watch bloomberg and i knew nothing about the, what they were talking about but the more you watch it you start watching them ipos earnings so like earnings came out this and then you see like the entire wall street will come to a complete halt once it was earning season until the numbers came out and then nfp and then so this is where i started to pick up little bits and pieces about markets ah, right but I wanted to be a stock. I wanted to be a stock broker, like I wanted to trade stocks at the time. And then, okay, enough about watching. Let's start doing stuff. Like it's time for us to start doing stuff. I want to. I want to. Do I? Do I carry on or do I? Yeah, yeah, no, carry on. I was going. I was going. I was going to say. I thought for a Ask second me. there. I thought you. I thought you were going to. Uh, going to say you changed your name to your your grandfather's name. <laughs> it was like. No, no, no. I went to the bank and I got all those shares and they paid out straight into. I'm getting bank. to how I liquid. I'm getting to that. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part. So, all right, folks, I'm here at Blackpool Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. So, I wanted to obviously start trading. So, I'm like, okay. Obviously, you get the demo app on your phone, you get the bug in you, you understand what buy is. But I saw something like short or short me. So I'll click buy, click short. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, so obviously, you start Googling stuff. And one day I'm like, you know what? To hell with this. I'm going to try to open a stockbroking account. I wanted to trade what I saw on TV, which was Apple, Amazon, Exxon, uh, Boeing, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that. That's exactly what I want to trade. But I mean, when you go on uh, TD Ameritrade uh, and then you try to or interactive brokers and then you try to open and then you scroll down to your region and Nigeria isn't exactly listed there. You're like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. You get what I mean? So that was what pretty much broke my heart about stock trade. That's exactly why and how I never stock traded until one day I was on Twitter and one guy I was just tweeting about the markets. And one guy was like, I, hi, I trade too. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how do you trade? Like, I've been trying to trade. Like, <clears throat> he trades something called Forex. I'm like, okay, you trade something called Forex. Whatever. I'm like, because I used to see the Forex, Forex quotes on the ticker on the ticker tape across. Mm. I couldn't understand. I couldn't read it. I didn't understand what you meant by Euro USD up or down. Like that didn't make it. Like it's two different yeah. instruments, yeah. two yeah. different yeah. currencies, two different prices against. You know, it's just it makes it's confusing. So like. 
that forex thing i'm not really really interested in that man i just want to trade stocks it was like yeah forex is actually a lot easier to trade he convinced me to go on, on, on board of forex and he said you know what create an account with a forex broker you can also trade stocks as well i'm like you're joking so i actually opened my first forex trading account to trade cfds i didn't actually open it to trade forex so uh, if i so dial back then i discovered my my own share certificate that had my name on it it took me like i kid you not i discovered it in january i didn't so because he wasn't alive i was trying to liquidate it i was in 18 you see the power of intention so i was trying to sell it off and they were like yeah you need to put your signature um we need share certificates we need this so i had to spend some money for them to reach because so for bureaucratic bs you know what i'm saying like yeah paperwork and all that and then so it's time for me to sign off for it to get sold. And they're like, they need the signature on it. I'm like, yo, this guy's dead. But then I remember my mom called me to say that he was buying you some shares. So I'm like, if my mom was there when he was buying the shares, chances are that he told her to sign off. Because if she's there, she's my mom, he probably wouldn't have signed. He would have just told her to sign on behalf of your kid. Yeah. So I'm like, mom, do you remember when dad was buying me my shares? Can you remember who signed off on it? Was it you or him? She was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was me. I signed it off. And I'm like, good. I'm going to need you. you. better stay alive by the time I get to you. Just be alive for the next 40 years. <laughs> you better not go anywhere, man. You know? So by the time we calculated the whole thing, it was about, I think I had probably like 2,500 $2, US dollars worth of shares um, in Zenith Bank at the time, you know, so I, my mom went to the office and signed off. So I flew from one city to another city, which was Lagos. Uh, I've got there and yeah, I had my check ready for me. So now I had a broker to trade with. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to give them any free press because they're pricks. <laughs> <laughs> they're pricks. Um, but I had a broker to trade with. I had instruments that I wanted to trade and now I had the money. So I went funded the, funded the trading account and I wanted to trade CFDs and the market just wasn't moving. And I was up, down, up, down. And long story short, I blew my first $2,000. My inheritance was gone <sighs> like that. But that was how I got my skin in the game. Yeah, that, that, that must have been painful. That must have been painful. That's, given the fact, you know, you got that 2000 and you were only a young guy. How did that feel? <sighs> I remember when I blew the the 800 that was left from it, right? It was NFP, you know, because I stumbled on 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 this strategy online where you could, if you wait for NFP, so this is what the strategy, this was basically the strategy, right? So five minutes, three minutes before NFP release, all the dollar pairs go very quiet, especially on a five-minute, two-minute time frame. So... The idea was, okay, you're going to put your buy order 10 pips above and put your sell order 10 pips below. So the idea basically is, if the news is positive, it will rally to the upside and you can catch it early. If the news is negative, it's going to drop, it's going to be a massive sell-off and you can catch it early as well because you got two orders, right? But what nobody tells you is, anytime there's a news release, there is you know a lot of volume, low liquidity, so what happens is something called a spillage. So the broker doesn't fill you in 10 pips above. They might fill you in 45 pips above because the spread widens because yeah. there's a lot of volume and little liquidity. So 
of my $800. As a matter of fact, I've spoken to my cousin right before NFP came out. I'm like, yo, listen, what do you want? I'm going to buy for you. Just tell me, <laughs> tell me. I'm going to buy you a seat. I'm about to become rich in Forex, man. See, after this trade, whatever, you just send me your list, bro. Because according to my calculation, you know, according to my calculation, I was going to take $800 to maybe like 3K, which is a lot of money. I'm 17 at the time, right? I'm going to take that $800 to like, uh, to like three grand, you know, and shit, you know, I put my orders. I did everything right. When the news came out and there was a massive whipsaw, buy and sell orders at the same time, negative 35 pips on each position. I'm highly leveraged, margin call. Just hear, you know, MT4. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I've heard that before. It was gone. <laughs> yeah. It was gone. And everybody was in the living room because I'd moved to a different city. I'd moved to a place called Lagos to be with my to my, to be with my auntie, um, who obviously was married and my grandmother was there as well. My other side of the family, same family, but just different cities, right? You know, so, so um, it's just uh, like how you have the Gold Coast and uh, Melbourne, anything. Uh, you know what I mean? Like in Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, like I'm in New Zealand, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Like London and Coventry. So I just yeah. went to, you know, to London just to, 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 to London just to, 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 to chill with them, you know. So everybody was watching me while I was trading. And then <laughs> everybody was expecting the 3K and I just went quiet, you know, I was doing my thing. They're like, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, school, school, school. Like, how's trading going? I'm like, yeah, 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 school, 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 school. And then I've seen my money go all the way down, and it was so sad. And we're like, how? They're like, how's everything? I'm like, I promised everybody dinner and stuff oh, like seriously. that. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I promised everybody dinner from my trading proceeds, but the fucking market wiped me away, man. And you know, so I think I was left with like two hundred dollars or something like that, one sixty. And then I just quietly went upstairs you know i just found a nice spot on the bed and i just slept for four hours so my grandmother noticed i was missing from the living room after a while and then she sent somebody to come check with me right and then <laughs> she said somebody come check with me and the person came like that's are you okay i'm like hey i'm fine she's like we, we we haven't seen you your trade did your trade go well i'm like but yeah my trade went all right my trade was fine you know at the time obviously my auntie could tell like everything wasn't okay i just lost my all that's left of my inheritance um but that's pretty much the story and then yeah. um, oh screw this shit what i'm gonna do is so at this time when you lose your first capital in forex this is exactly when you want to learn how to actually trade the market properly, because prior to this, you're not taking advice. You're not, you're not, you, you're not, you haven't finished baby pips. You know what I'm saying? This is when you actually go back to finish baby pips. Mm. Like you want to know, okay, where did I, so this is exactly where the learning starts. Most traders actually don't start learning until they lose their first trading account. And it's always crazy when they get into, I know a guy who took, um, I think it was 14,000, 15,000 US dollars to maybe like 45K. First time he ever traded in his life. He put the money in his account. He took it from 15K to 45K. He was doing so well, you know, no information. He was just 
going with you know up and down no matter yep. what he was doing he was trading on lower time frames he was just clicking buttons he he you know he grew that account massively and then one day he went to go see his friend in his friend's office his trades were doing fine and his friend was like oh do this buy this and buy that so what euro jpy i think that was the trade and then he did what his friend asked him to do and he was in this huge 2k 2k loss itch so I had two five negative nine negative two five negative two five, and then he went into panic mode. And I'm telling you, the market is such an emotional battle, right? And he went into panic mode. I kid you not, that was the beginning of his downfall, because now he was scared and he was doing things on a normal day he wouldn't do. Because when he was playing, he was being very conservative, like he was just going in and out. He was he had his own thing. Yeah, but now that he's negative 5k he'd never been negative 5k before and he's trying to make the money back he blew the money 45k gone you know so that, that was uh, i just wanted to chip that in that is that is something something very powerful because you know there's something called beginner's luck um sometimes i mean you just keep making money but when your luck runs out that's exactly when the learning starts. So mm-hmm. I usually feel sorry for people who come into the market and start making money immediately because you think the market is like that. The market isn't like that. Actually, you're at a disadvantage because you know nothing about the market. You've just been lucky. And the sooner your first account gets blown, the better for you and the better for your bank account and the better for your family so that you can actually, you know, start your forex. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can actually kick it off properly. So, so how did you start your Forex journey? Like, so obviously after that NFP loss and you now got no capital, virtually no capital. What are you doing next? Uh, what do I do next? You go back to baby pips. You start joining forums online. Is this what you, you did? Is this what, sorry, is this what you did? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I did. So I started joining forums. I went back to Baby Pips to finish up my my education because I was a dropout of Baby Pips at a point. <laughs> I went back to Baby Pips and graduated yeah. from School of Forex. Uh, so I went back, did that, and uh, we start joining forums. Start looking for you go online, you start googling the best forex strategy. You know, you know, you see everything come out, so you start reading everything. And then you, you know, you get the indicator bugging you. So you're looking at different indicators and then you realize there are 560 freaking indicators on the internet. You know, when you have, you now come across indicators that repaint. You're like, oh my goodness, what exactly is going on here? I'm never going to get rich. <laughs> People online are just trying to take money off you. You know, so then you actually get into the world of Forex, which is actually quite a dark place. If you're just getting in for the first time, if you don't have the proper guidance, you know, so I went through the entire journey. I stepped on glass with my bare feet. You know, it was burning hot glass, you know. So I was taking money from my family, you know, investing in my trading education or I, what I thought was education at the time, you know, paying for people online to teach me how to trade. And 2011, 2012, Instagram wasn't that big. Probably Instagram probably had like 5 million users, users in total. Mm. Right now, they go over a billion, so about five million users at the time. Instagram wasn't that big, uh, but there was a group of Instagram traders called RCFX at the time. Some Malaysian boys, you know, they were posting fancy cars, you know, and stuff like that. Now, I know exactly what they were doing, but then, yo, 
The screenshot, bro. The screenshots, man. They were killing me, man. I'm telling you, this boys are taking out 15k. You know, I'm seeing the massive wins, 5k, 3k, and I'm just like, what are they doing, my God? What are they doing? They must be doing something differently. Yeah. I'm still in Nigeria at the time. You know what are these guys doing? I'm like, yo, if I can just. At a point, I was this close to just packing my shit and just running away to Malaysia. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to run off to Malaysia, you know. I just wanted to go trade with the big boys. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I didn't know they they, they had this um this thing called uh you know what IML is right now. IML, yeah, yeah, it's like it's, yeah, it's like yeah, a multi so, multi level marketing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah multi level yeah. marketing thing whereby yeah. you know it's uh obviously the investment vehicle is forex. Yeah, you know they they have their signal group as well. And they had all these people who claim to be gurus and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when you own the MT4 backend, you can manipulate the, the trading quotes and all that. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, I've, I've done for what, 12, 13 years, so 2011, how, how many years have I done? 12 years in the game now. You know, I've worked with brokerage firms. You know, I, I'm neck deep in the industry. I'm literally, an, I'm, I'm a little industry within the industry. So I know they, how the entire game works now. But at the time, you know, it was bad, the screenshots, you know, and I was so depressed, but I kept on pushing in all of this. If you're listening to this, you know, I know I've said a lot of, you know, sad stuff, but bro, you have to keep pushing because as with anything in life, it's never easy. Mm. And I keep hearing people say, oh, the success rate in Forex is just 10%. The same thing with anything in life you want to make money from. You want to open a coffee shop, only 10% of coffee shops are successful. You want to open a freaking restaurant, only 10% of restaurants are successful. You want to do anything in life, only 10 So you have to ask yourself, the people who are successful at this shit you want to do, what exactly are they doing different? What exactly is the 10% doing different? And I think that was the paradigm shift, but I'm going to allow you to ask me what the paradigm shift was. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just, just, just reminded me, you just reminded me, uh, last night I watched a video, you know, Mr. Beast, the YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah, I watched, I just, I don't know, I had, oh, no, I had his channel on, it was yesterday, and he had a video that he'd scheduled five years ago to mm. launch, I think it must have been 2020, or I don't know, I scrolled down his feed. You know, a long story short, it was him with 8,000 subscribers saying, oh, I just pray that when I, when this video gets released, because he's scheduling it for five years in advance, that I've got like a million subscribers, and he's just sitting there sort of, you know, picking his nose and stuff, and it's just, just complete crappy, crappy video gets released and i mean he might have had over 100 million subscribers at that point it just goes to show that it's this sort of stuff can happen right just power crazy stuff exactly it, it is indeed isn't it it is yeah, the it power is. of intention is powerful i think we need to title this the power of intention tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts introducing my robot builders club with our platform you can build bots in minutes not weeks without any coding required get lifetime access to my video course vip community and over 40 ready-made robots works with mt4 or mt5 and as a bonus you'll get three months access to my robot lab where we build and test bots on live calls every week join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter not harder click the link in the description to learn more get the free training and download a free robot that's a good title yeah um so what were you saying oh sorry before i cut you off there so um I forgot what I was saying. Oh, the paradigm shift. So you kick off the game not knowing anything about anything. You hear about Forex, you get the bug in you. So that's the first aspect. And then the second aspect is where you're aware that you don't know shit. Okay. 
So it's three stages in Forex. Second aspect is you, you, where you're aware you don't know shit. And this is exactly where your brain is like a sponge now and you start learning everything you can put your hands on, you know, your trend. So this is where you start learning and testing. So speed is everything in the game. Sorry, speed is everything in the game. You want to learn, you want to fail, you want to fail, fail fast and fail forward. You want to learn, you want to test, you want to fail, you want to fail fast and you want to fail forward. So that's exactly what I was doing. I was failing forward. Every time I failed, I learned what not to do. And this is why when I get on the charts, I'm correct nine out of 10 times. If you watch my YouTube videos, I have a segment of my of my uh, on my YouTube channel called Trader Talk. If you're listening to this, that will is on YouTube. Check it out. Don't look for the way I'm posting my G-Wagon, Mercedes-Benz. No, no, no. Go to the technical stuff and listen and watch exactly how I trade. I'm right nine out of 10 times. And people ask me, well, how are you so correct? I'm so correct because I know what not to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what not to do, you know, because I'm like, uh, I've seen this setup before. Gold, if you play around with gold, it will chop you to pieces. So you see gold, I don't do this until this happens. How do I know this? Because it fucking ate my money before, mate. <laughs> do you get what I mean? Pardon my yeah. French, you're going to have to freeze that out, but you get the point. <laughs> Yeah. So you see that that section of your trading career when it's like the first what 24 months is when you're living in la la land, and then after that, you know, you now get into the next 24 to 36 months of your trading career, which is where you're actually testing and trying everything, you're back testing all the strategies. Okay, maybe the first segment is probably about one year, because if you're smart enough, six months down the line, you realize that yo. I need to start learning. Okay, six months is where first six months you're living in La La Land. And after that, you need another one year and six months, minimum two years for you to actually put the pieces of the puzzle. So about three years you need, you need to have gone, except you have a fantastic mentor, except you're watching somebody who is years ahead of you and is telling you, actively telling you the challenges you're going to face before you face them. I wish, I, this is what I wish I had. I wish I had somebody like me who would tell me, when you go and trade today, when you see this and this happens, expect X, Y, Z to happen. And when you hit your stop loss, this is exactly how you're going to feel. Somebody had to, it makes a world of a difference, right? Yeah. This is what I keep telling Exactly. So when somebody loses money from doing X, Y, Z, I already know when somebody's off, for example, somebody might be arguing with me now about I can open somebody's shutter and I can once I see the time frames on the and the amount of indicators, I know this guy is not gonna make it. Or if if a if a toy is gonna make it, it's not gonna make it right now. He needs time. This guy needs another 24 months to actually get out of this freaking cycle. Isn't but if I if I say to the guy like, yo, what you're doing is wrong, he's not gonna listen to me. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, he's going to be like, blah, blah, blah. So I wish I had somebody like me who could see what I was doing wrong and just tell me at the time. It took me the better part of four years. Yes, it took me the better part of four whole years for me to have a concrete strategy and approach to the market. It was pain and agony. It was horrible. But bro, once you cross that line whereby... You say to yourself, if the market doesn't come into my strike zone, I'm not trading. I don't care what happens. That is where true freedom and liberation comes in the Forex market. 
when you know your stuff to the sense that you trust it and you say, I don't care what this market does. I don't care what anybody's saying. I don't care what signal group, any signal group is saying. Once, dude, I have, I manage $150 million. That's how much I have on the asset on the management as we speak. Do you get what I mean? It's absolutely rewarding. I fly private most of the time. Now, just to tell you that it's light at the end of the tunnel, but you see, before you get there, you're going to have to go through all that shit. Mm. Or you can find a mentor who's going to literally help you. And I know a lot of people are cashing in on traders who obviously are vulnerable, but you're going to have to do your homework, right? Anybody who's promising you a life-changing experience within the next six to 12 weeks is most likely just out there for your money. I'll tell you for free because the market is all about patterns, right? And you have to have seen a significant amount of patterns form in the market for you to be able to have a holistic understanding of the market. So I've seen, I mean, at 12 years now, I've seen at least four to five different market cycles. Do you know what I mean? I've been here when the Swiss National Bank, some bullshit happened overnight, mm. the Swiss Paris just crashed. Whether they spiked or crashed, I can't remember. I just knew there was huge spikes in the yeah, market. Yeah, and they pulled the pin on it. Exactly. Yeah. I was there when Alpari went bust the next day. Yeah, yeah, same. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, still, I still got eight pounds with them, I think. <laughs> I never claimed. RNFX refused to process my withdrawals at the time. You know, I was there when, you know, fucking 2014 when the US dollar quantitative easing, when the US dollar was just trending and the euro dollar was just falling and all you needed to do was just wait for pullbacks and just click sell and boom, you wake up the next day, you're on massive profit. So I've seen, and then I've I got to, I've seen where the market is trending, 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 and you think the market is going to keep trending. And then you don't realize the market is about to go into a range for a bit because after every massive move, there must be a consolidation and then a consolidation, probably a reversal. So you just think the market is going to keep falling and all you do is just keep selling because you think all you do and need to do is sell. And then you end up giving away, giving away all your gains because the market is not, you don't understand that the market goes from trend to a rate. So these are things you need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> These are things you just need to know. You know, they, they can't, you can't buy it, except you have somebody like me or you who's going to tell them. Yo, listen. Do, you, do you think do you think there's like a sort of case for, I mean, for, based on what you're saying, a case for having to know almost, almost everything about the market to really be like yeah, you know. at the point where I can now successfully navigate it? Yeah, or, yeah. or do you think people can just go, oh, this is my strategy. This is a little box I'm in. I just wait for that one little thing to happen. And then, then I get in and then I get out and I never touch it ever again. And I ignore everything else. No, because you need to understand there's something I call the flow of the river, right? So this is how I like to trade. Okay, just some education because we've just been talking a bit vaguely. Let's get into the charts, right? This is exactly how I like to trade. So I like to do what they call a top-down approach. So it's called a top-down analysis, right? So... um. Ideally, um, which I feel most people should be doing, but I'm not trying to impose anything. If you want to trade $150 million, it's better for you to listen to what I have to say. I'm just saying to the viewers out there, um, if you want to be flying private and all that kind of stuff, you better best believe you have to listen to that. I've been doing this 12 years. But that's, by the way, this is how I like to trade, okay? I go on a higher time frame, and I go on a higher time frame for a reason. 
You see, the higher time frame pretty much paints the bigger picture of what's going to happen on the lower time frame. Now, how do I know this? And people always ask me, higher time frame, slow, a trading there. I don't trade on higher time frames. I go on there to analyze. Now, the reason I analyze on higher time frame is you see, during the second quadrant of my trading journey, obviously during the learning process, when I stumbled, when I got rid of the indicators and I started to use pure technical analysis, my goal was to do my analysis in such a way whereby when the reports came from JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs in terms of the analysis, the idea was for my analysis to match their analysis. I wanted my key levels to be their key levels because at the end of the day, they move the markets. Do you know what I mean? If they mm. go buy order at $1,800 per ounce for gold, if they go buy order for uh, uh, that level, best believe gold going to bounce, boy. Some gold bars going to be flying. So I want to be trading where Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan are trading from. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, this is exactly how I wanted to. My, I wanted my analysis to look like. I wanted to see what the people who moved the banks were seeing. So I started to notice quickly on, or rather early on, that, you know, these guys were looking at the market from a bird's eye view. They were not just going on five-minute time frame and waiting for a strike box to happen. They were actually seeing, projecting three, four, six, 12, 12, two years into the future. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. So this is exactly how I adopted the higher time frame approach. So I took it on. I'm like, this actually makes a lot of sense. So first of all, the very first thing I do when I open the chart, I predicted the 5,000 pip rise of gold. Yes, in 10 minutes. I do crazy stuff. If you check my YouTube channel, it's the Dapper Willis. You go on there, you listen to my trader talk. At my projections are crazy. And you find out that I'm right nine out of 10 times. When you go watch it, you'll be like, I get what this guy is talking about. And right now, it might not make sense, but just go watch it. Because on a higher time frame, I'm able to see. So AUDUSD is going to pop 2,000 pips from the top, 1,000 pips to the ground, because I can see it from a higher time frame perspective. All I need to do then, I just need to scroll to a lower time frame, look for a decent entry. There your strike box comes into play. But now I'm only looking for a sell strike box. So once I get a sell strike box for a small stop loss, my 30, 50 pip lower time frame entry, now I've literally jumped into a trade with a small stop loss of 50 pips, which represents 3% of my account. But now I'm holding on for 1K drop. So I take my lower time frame trade and then I flow into the bigger picture. And then I start managing my trade from a higher time frame perspective. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I was able to. Yeah. So this is the, so it's not just about, and then, the good another thing about the higher time frame, this is why I'm trying to say that it's not just about one little strike box, is you can have your strike boxes happen and still keep losing money. Because if your strike box gives you a sell or a buy order under the premise that you know it's built around a trending strategy, uh gold has been ranging for 19 months now. So if you don't know this, and the only way you can tell that gold is ranging right now is if you check on a monthly or weekly time frame, right? Now, if you're just waiting for your strike box to happen on a one-hour time frame 
for other buyer sell. But I can see that gold is ranging on a higher time frame and I'm not trading. So you're there clicking buy, sell, buy, sell, and it's not exactly happening. Or you're making, you're still, trust me, you're going to make money, but you're going to lose money. Make money, lose money, make money, lose money, make money, lose money. This happens on the, when the market is raging, right? But I can see it. So I don't trade it. Yeah. But you're there and your fucking blood vessels are about to explode because you can't see from, you know, you can't see from the bird's eye view. So just knowing one thing about the market isn't going to get you that far. You need to have a holistic understanding. It's called understanding the action of price, price movement. Once you can get this, understand what price is trying to do, then you know, should I trade or should I stand aside is it trending upwards? Is it trending downwards? Once you understand these things, then you can stick to your strike box, but make sure you're striking your box in the direction in which the market wants to strike that box. Because if you're striking your box, when the market is striking, no, you're striking yes. You know what happens, blown accounts. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah. And, and I mean, do, do you have any sort of advice? Because I think, I mean, I, and I struggled with it for years in terms of, doing multi time frame analysis so people that just either just don't like it or they just struggle to do it because they they they're lazy or they they think that they've got a quicker way or an easier way what's your sort of how do you help people get to the point where they're like you know going to go oh, damn it I'm just going to do it and the, do it religiously um at the end of the day if you want it badly enough I wanted it badly enough because when I moved to the UK Obviously, I come from an African household where they only believe in medicine. You both got to be a doctor, got to be an engineer, you got to be an accountant or a lawyer. So I was sent to the UK to study aerospace technology to be a uh, freaking, I mean, I call it a mechanic to planes now, but right. at the time it's, it's aerospace technology. Yeah. Every time my mom said it, she was so proud. Every time my grandmother said it, aerospace technology, that's why they sent me to school. I get to uni and I want to answer your question. I get to uni and I'm on the, I'm on the freaking enrollment, enrollment queue, right? And I'm on the sciences pathway. And this professor is walking me through the door, right? And he's got, you know, he's got uh, a bunch of test tubes. I don't, don't know if he did chemistry in high school. Did yeah. you do chem- yeah, yeah. did chemistry? Yeah. This guy has got titration tubes. The PTSD that kicked in once I heard those things. <laughs> said, I can't do this for another four years. There's no way. <laughs> right, there, <laughs> right there on the right there on the day of enrollment. I jumped the queue. I went to the queue for business and humanities pathway. Right. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to go study business management. And that's exactly what I studied. Now, when they've sent you, they spend all this money. My, my fees at the time was about £12,000. Don't forget, no grants. People in the UK get grants. As an international student, I didn't get no grants. When you got no grants, they're spending 12 k out of their pocket rent probably another 800 pounds they need to feed you as well so when they're spending about 25 to 30k a year 
you better be studying what they sent you to study. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You owe them. Yeah, you better be studying what they asked you to study. But I wasn't studying what they asked me to study. So I was between the devil and the deep blue sea. So boy, you got to learn how to swim. So to answer your question, if you say that the only way to succeed in Forex is by doing a higher time frame analysis, then I am going to do it. It all boils down to how badly does the individual want it? You, ha you have to ask yourself, this question people need to keep asking us themselves. The people who are succeeding, what are they doing differently? You see, trading is boring. When you do trading right, it's not fun. People want to sit in front of their screen Monday to Friday, clicking buttons because that's what they watch on TV. Trading isn't going to replace your nine to five. It's not. If you want, if you want it, because it's an investment vehicle, the more buttons you click, the more the house is going to win. Mm. I'm from the back end. I'm a back end kid because whilst I was trying to navigate my way, I started working for brokers. I worked for brokers. Then I started doing digital marketing. I started taking, I wanted to learn some more stuff apart from trading. So I got, you know, obviously I can speak as well. So a broker approached me, like, we like you to do marketing for us. And I told you, stop making friends with boys from risk, from the risk division. Do you know what I mean? Internship, you go to do in Canary Wharf, HSBC, um, Nomura. You get to see what exactly is going on behind the scenes. You get to see the order flow. Do you get where I'm coming from? Mm. So you have to really ask yourself, like, you know, what exactly is this 10% who are successful? What exactly are they doing differently? And I figured out that they were doing what they call the top-down analysis, whereby they work their way up from a higher time frame, they analyze their way down, and they trade in the direction of the higher time frame. It wasn't easy at the beginning. The people who make a lot of money from the market are not always in front of their screen. Sorry to burst everybody's bubble watching this. They're not always in front of their screen. The more you, because the house is going to win, it's the casino. They have the numbers. They, they suddenly call an A book and B book on the trader's desk, the, the, the broker's desk. Not every, only, only maybe like 3% of clients on the broker's balance sheet have their trades placed on the live market. The remaining 97% of them, your trade is being placed in-house. They don't even find you worthy of placing your trades on the live market because you're going to lose the money anyway. So you're just going to take it. I know all this shit. This is information I have because I watch being, I walk behind the scene. But when I tell people this, they just feel like, oh, he doesn't want me to make money. I'm talking about day trading. I'm like, I have no issues with day traders. You don't, don't get me wrong. I just know they don't really make that much money. <laughs> 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 so, so at the broker firm, how how did you sort of get privy to the the whole top down analysis thing at that time? Okay, so I didn't. They, obviously, the first of all, the brokers don't even know how to trade. The owner of the brokerage firm that you used to trade right now doesn't even know how to trade. I kid you not, they they have no idea. So, what taught me the top down analysis was more of how did I stumble on this. So it was, you know, when you've done, you've done your homework, right? You have to, at some point, sit down and just put everything together. Do you get what I mean? Because now you understand your entries. You've been able to refine your entries. 
you know, you're doing everything right, but still you're losing money. So you're trying to understand, like, why does the market reject at certain points? To summarize it, bro, it's experience. That's it. When you've seen it happen a lot of times and you check back and like, oh, right, right. Everything now starts to make sense to you. And when I, when I go on my YouTube channel to, to obviously, um, what's it called, to do my analysis, you know, I can just spot the BS from a mile away. I'm just like, yo, if this market doesn't do what I want it to do, I'm not going to trade this bad boy, you know? So it's coming from experience. I'm sorry, guys. When you when you uh, um, lose one of the trades out of 10, right? So you say mm. you, you win nine out of 10. So when you lose the one trade. I think my last I, losing I, trade was in, if I can remember correctly. The, the one before this last one was in, was it August? Not this August, the August before that. 21. Wow. August yes, 21. Wow. So most of last year, you know, I had winning trades. But I think last year I had a losing trade. One of my, something happened. I had a lose. I remember I've had a lose, but I, I can't really remember that. I'm going to have to check. Okay. My I'm question gonna... around the losing trade was, do you, are you able to work out why you lost the trade? Uh, I, are you sort of the person that goes in and goes, okay, like that trade lost. Why do I, what did I do wrong? Did I miss something out? Or is it just, I'm never going to win them all because... I don't, you know, because that's just the way it works sometimes. That's a very, 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 give me a second. I need to, I need to, I need to, because this really happens. I need to dial back to exactly how I f- feel when I lose my trees and what exactly I do after that. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like it was a while ago. So yes. I'm not surprised that you so, going, oh, so I don't know. I had the, the, the trade that really pissed me off that I lost. I remember it. It was AUDUSD. Um, it was AUDUSD. Most of the time, my losses come from getting in a bit too early. So when I'm on a roll, do you know what I mean? I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm like, yeah, I just go, fuck it, it's going to happen. And then it wakes you up. And then I have to dial back. I'm like, what exactly happened? Most times, the market eventually goes in the direction I want it to go. I just probably got in a bit too early. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So what I then do is I just leave my charts the way they are. So this is something a lot of people need to understand. You just leave your charts the way they are. You know, after a losing trade, I just leave my stuff the way it is. My camera just went off. Shit, I wanted to... You got this recording, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you were recording it as well, were you? Yeah, I was from from this oh, side. Okay, I'm right here. All right, hit, cool. So hit, hit record on the uh, Zoom if you want. So um, I'll say something. So, but then anytime I lose a trade, okay. So let's talk about how to handle losses here to properly, right? Sorry, you were, yeah, you because you're saying um, you leave the chart the way it is. Yes, I don't touch anything. I leave the levels. So, because I'm trying to understand why did I lose that? Was it because of market manipulation? What exactly just happened? Now, when you leave your levels and you don't touch it, you just remove, if it's too cluttered, just take out maybe some some lines you probably drawn like this. The key levels, just leave them. Allow the market simmer, let it, and you find out, well, I find that most often times I'm not that. I was just a bit too early. 
the market just wanted to test some technical areas. It needed some, sometimes the market needs to go fulfill some zones. There's nothing you can do about it. So you let it fulfill. Once it's done fulfilling and it's about to come back again, now you're like, okay, are you ready now? You look like you're ready now. So I'll probably jump in again for another trade. Not a revenge trade. I will still keep my risk at 3%. Still do all the same thing, you know, and just jump into the trade again and just allow the market to do its thing. But if the market decides to go in a completely different direction, I'm not interested in trading that for a minute because you've literally gone to, and most times you've gone to defy the rules of price action, which states that if you make lower lows, you make, must make lower highs, lower lows and lower highs. So if I'm about to jump into a sell trade and I've seen the lower lows and lower highs and lower lows and lower highs, and then I'm about to jump into a trade and you stop me out and then you go on to start making something different from a downtrend, which is start making higher highs and higher lows or higher highs equal lows and start doing something funny, then I really don't want to be dealing with you. So I let it go. It's an L. The market is confused. But for when the market is ready, you will come back knocking. So I never, never really, I just leave the level. Yeah. Let it do what it has to do. Sometimes the market is just irrational. So you just let it go. It hurts yeah. sometimes, but you just have to back it up. It's true. Now, now, what I want to understand is how did you manage to get to the point and what's the sort of roadmap to get to trading 150 million? Okay. <clears throat> it was actually YouTube. Um, I put the camera on. I was trading my own money. I was living pretty decently. Um, doing, I was doing a lot of stuff for brokers. You know, they wanted me on to, to teach and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I want my own thing. So I started doing a lot of YouTube and I used to do stuff like top five ways to make money on the internet, top five businesses to start, uh, top five ways to trade Forex, blah, 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 blah. And one day I just did an analysis for um, some dude that I was actually teaching how to trade at the time. So I sent it to him and was like, yo, bro, this thing is wild. Like, you're so good. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, I think you should start doing Zoom uh, Zoom webinars. So I started doing Zoom webinars, but I'm like, we can actually put this on YouTube. I'm like, mm, YouTube, I'm a bit late in the game. I should have started YouTube in 2016. This is already 2018. I don't really think so, blah, blah. Long story short, I put my first video out on YouTube in 20, my first, when I came back to YouTube, because I did a video in 2016, you know, of, of, um, of, of a house in, in London, Upminster. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, the house I was staying in. Um, that video did crazy views, to, but I just never really followed up after that, because at the time, my trading was, this is when my trading really started to rock. Um, but I didn't feel that confident enough to put it on YouTube, like my charts. So came back in 20, just before lockdown. This is when I actually started taking YouTube very seriously. So I started putting all my analysis and stuff on there. And people literally used to come watch it and make a lot of money from it. And then make a lot of money from it, make a lot of money from it. And then next thing is growing people are sending me emails and then people want your coaching program so you put that together you're just doing little stuff here and there but i'm trading my own stuff like i'm making money doing my thing you know and then one day i'm sat right here where i'm sat because i'm in dubai i'm sat right here 
right here and then I get an email um some some fund you know okay cool like we've seen your videos we like your work we like what you do you seem to actually be because i'm very very when it comes to trading i'm very very not proud but i'm very i make bold claims mm. because i know i can match my claim yeah. because when you've had the market watch you for so long what when you know something you know something do you know what i mean indicators don't work Day traders are broke. I know this for a fact because I was once in there. There's nothing you can tell me. You know what I'm saying? And I boldly, like, I make very bold claims. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm right nine or ten times. Check it out. Because I know. I'm like, what? Well, we like your confidence and stuff like that. And before you know, I'm getting an email. They want to fly me out uh, to Qatar. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm sat here waiting for my, uh, for my ticket to come, my ticket itinerary to come, reference code doesn't come instead i get a call from jetx it's a private jet broker I'm like mr willis we got a call. we we have a, a plane for you tomorrow when would you like to leave you know like, what do you mean you got a plane for me like yeah go plane for you dude i show up at the airport man my turtle like you know i'm a london boy man turtle, <laughs> shit like that. i'm decked up man i'm like straight up we get there and we discuss everything um yeah they, they they offer me on the spot 50 50 they offer me 100 actually i say 15 100 100 they're like 15 all right well let's go for 50 so it's actually the 50 we've grown um to this point so this was in 2020 2021 November, this no, end of November, I think was end of November. Yeah, so I've, I've it's, it's been a minute. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so, so what you did have you? To, you you have to last year was like 20, last year was like 2014. So, if you remember 2014, the US dollar was trending. So towards the end of last year, from like June, July, all the way down to November, the US dollar really started to trend. So it's relatively easy. You know, like I said, market cycles, like if DXY breaks out, it's time to eat. Do you know what I mean? So I was watching DXY, I was watching the euro, I was watching it, I was watching it, I was watching it, I was watching it. I could see 2,000 pips into the future. I'm like, if this boy decides to break out for 2,000 pips, best believe GDP USD is going to go follow suit. AUD USD is going to follow suit. Everybody's going to start trending. And oof. So I was just waiting. I was trading here and there. Once it was easy because I've seen it happen in 2014. That's what I'm saying. Experience, bro. You can't buy this. You don't, you don't buy this stuff. And and how do you how do you get around the, the you know the larger account size and and putting on large positions and stuff? Were there any sort of difficulties in that or changes that you had to make? Uh, no, because I'm used to managing huge account, not huge account, but I'm, I was used to handling like maybe 250, 300k accounts. I used to do whilst I was in uni when my trading started to kick off. I used to use Pam accounts at the time to manage my accounts and that for for like clients here and there who had maybe like 15, 20, 35K, you know, stuff like that. So maybe like 250K in total. So I kind of like had an idea of how to go about it. Like it's something I've been doing because at some point in your trading career, you have attempted to manage funds. You have, you know, everybody does that. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't an issue. But the only thing that I said to them, I'm like, yo, listen, I'm not licensed to do this in this region. Um, I don't want to get into trouble. Um, 
I don't know what the rules are in the Middle East. If if it was the UK, you have to be FCA regulated. I'm not FCA regulated, neither am I regulated in this region. So what's going to happen is exactly how we're going to do it. You're not going to give me the money. I'm not interested in taking your money. I'm going to advise uh, a highly regulated bank slash broker. I'm not going to mention it, but it's a bank that has a brokerage arm attached to it. Huge. You're going to deposit the money there your credentials, everything, blah, blah. All you're going to do, you're going to provide us with the access to the trading portal. I'm, I'm just going to, that's exactly how we're going to execute it. And I'm not exactly even going to execute it directly. I, all I can do is I'm going to consult on this account and um, I'm going to, well, if your traders are not available to pull the trigger, obviously the way I trade, I trade most of the time. It's a four-hour candle close. My entry is a four-hour candle closes, so we got enough time if I need to trade. So that's kind of like more like a peripheral kind of like approach to, to mm. the whole thing and just one account and stuff like that. So that's exactly how we've been able to handle it. Right, right. That's clever. That's clever. <laughs> now um, let's let's sort of dive into some stats here because we're we're knocking on the door of the hour hour mark here. So. If you sort of broke your trades down across the month, how many trades are you taking in your typical month? Mm, sometimes three, sometimes none. Um, I don't think I traded most of January. Uh, probably the last trade I placed was probably... So the thing for me is when the market is ranging, I don't trade that much because it's easier to trade the trend. And the, the market only trends 40% of the time. 60% of the time, the market is doing, it's just bad shit crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in a year, I probably only trade 40% of the time when everybody, if everybody's trading 10 times, if everybody trades 100 times, best believe I'll only trade 40 out of 100. So if you parade that, maybe some months, no trade, some months, five trades, some months, two trades. So, and the thing about me is because I trade and my trades flow into a higher time frame. I trade less and I hold for longer periods of time. So what I do is I stack up, do you know what I mean? So I can do an analysis on one pair, so AUDUSD. I can do an analysis on one pair and that's 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 all I need. I just need one pair to trend. And I can have three, four positions from a 2000 pip move and I'm good with that. So I just chill. Do you know what I mean? And I allow yeah. the market to work for me. So, guys, if you're listening to this, the market, forex market is an investment vehicle. You have to treat it as such. You have to allow the market to work for you, allow the market flow and make money for you while you spend time with your beautiful family. So, cool. Then, yeah, sorry, you're breaking up here a little yeah, bit. I'm just, making sure. I'm just making sure that this is still going. Yep. Um, okay, cool. So, with that in mind, so let's say you do three trades max a month. Uh, what's how many days? Or what's your typical trading day look like? Because I'm interested to sort of get a correlation between three trades a month and how much chart time you're doing. To so chart time, I'd look at my charts. Uh, so I look at my charts. Maybe I took a quick, quick glance, like five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. And how many markets are you, you analyzing? So let me just hold on. I'll pull it up. Give me a sec. Or which markets? Should I say which markets? Yeah, I just want to check quickly. Just give me a sec. I can tell you, but I just want to be specific. I mean, we're talking to traders here. Um, so 
at the moment I'm looking at AUD USD, so my watch list, gold, euro USD, GBP USD. So I like to trade the majors. I actually to answer your question, I trade most of the time, I trade the majors. That's what I like to trade the majors. So the majors is my thing because the US dollar is easier to predict what the US dollar is going to do against the euro and against the British pound because everybody's trading it. And when once everybody's trading something, it becomes easier to predict because then it's more human psychology. The support levels are going to hold, the resistance is going to hold. If everybody's seeing a lower low, everybody's seeing a lower high, it's going to trend downwards. So it's a lot easier to trade. So you stick to the US. So I'm not here to pretend like I'm the best trader in the world. I'm here to make take my 150 million to half a million dollars, half a billion dollars. That's what I'm trying to do. Mm. I'm not trying to, you know, pretend like I'm the best trader in the world, which I think I am at the moment. Just say it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. What, what I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to pretend like I'm not trying to be so sophisticated. I'm just trying to make money. So I'm going to look for the easiest yes. way in the market, the most realistically, approachably easiest, if that makes any way, you know, so yes. the most realistic way to do it in the easiest format possible so i mean that's that's pretty much it. i stick to the to the majors however with my approach i can analyze anything spx um AUD, usd gold oil i call uh, so there's something i did that actually blew their mind um oil prices so this is when the guys um the fund knew like you know this guy is the real deal so i, I predicted oil prices to go from 64 65 dollars a barrel all the way to 110. I'm going to look for the video and send it to you. I think this was around December 2021. Um, this is when I think I just came back when I signed the deal. Um, so I, I put a little report for oil prices for them, you know, and they traded it. They made about 85 million US dollars buying. Really? Slow. And oil did go to 110. And I saw it, like I just did a projection. Yeah. Like yeah. in 10 minutes, I was done with the analysis, you know, so... I don't know, man. I don't know that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had a friend of mine just at the gym the other day. He's like, "Oh, I want to get, I want to buy Tesla," and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't look like at Tesla. And he get, and he goes, "It's hit hundred. I said, "Oh, well." Do you, I said, "Do you want me to have a look at the chart for you?" He goes, oh, "All right then." So I looked at the chart about mm. twenty seconds, and I'm like, "Nah, you probably want to get in at 60. And he's like, "Really?" Anyway, I saw him the other day, and he goes. It's 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 up to 190. You've you've screwed me over, and I had oh, let me look at the chart. Well, it's now down to 75 again, 175. It's on its way down, mate. It's on a downtrend. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hard. It's on the freaking down. It's going to come down to 100. Actually, that's the next level of support. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, sure. it was it was interesting to. I mean, I've I've done it a couple of times with Bitcoin as well. Was the other one, but um, mm. it's interesting when you know you know now. What about, uh, let's dive into some of these sort of more specific questions here. Um, what about your yeah, risk to reward? I was actually interested in finding out. Like, so when you're entering these trades on a lower time frame with these massive higher time frame targets, I mean, what what kind of risk to reward? Do you even believe in it? So what I do is, so I trade in three segments, right? So the very first trade, because of the fact that my setups are probably going to be on a four-hour time frame. My risk to reward on my first trade might probably be pushing maybe four to one, three and a half, four to one on one trade. No, I do that 
because I'm trying to put a wide stop loss. Now, this is if I'm unable to find a very, very juicy setup on a lower time frame. So what I do is I allow, you know, I just put a decent amount of stop loss and then three, three and a half to one, four to one. So I do this because this is my first trade. So I'm just trying to get into the, to the flow because I've done my analysis. I'm not God. I can't say what's going to happen next. So I have to be careful. At the end of the day, I can be right nine out of 10 times. But you see me, I'm always extremely careful. And that's actually why I'm right nine out of 10 times because I turn down a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. So wide stop loss, get my skin in the game. Once the market starts moving in my direction, I then start to adjust. So I move my stop losses past break even, lock in the gains. Now, don't forget, I'm usually going for anywhere between 700 to 1,000 pips. Um, during this process of the market trying to make its way down to 1,000 pips or down to the nearest major zone, which is you know far away, if you scale to a lower time frame, you start to see that market is market making its way down. The market must, you know, the market moves in waves, push down consolidation. So within those waves, I then look for more trading opportunities. And this is exactly how I start to stack. Now, because of the fact that I'm already profitable on the first trade, then I can get into another trade. But this time, because of the fact that I'm trading on a lower time frame, the stop loss is a bit smaller. So I'm looking at maybe a 50 pip stop loss, but the market still has maybe another 750 pip drop to the downside. Do you know what I mean? So now you're talking, this is where you get into the 10 to 1 region, 11 to 1 region. You know, so you have the first, maybe it's about three trades like that, two trades like that. So by the time you parate it, you're you're doing a decent if I if I if 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 AUD USD is about a trading thousand pips, I'll probably milk if I use a three percent risk, I'll probably take three percent, I'll probably take that account from where it is to a good forty percent return on investment on one on one single move, wow. risking just three percent, yeah. And so that three percent is broken over those multiple positions that you. No, 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 no. So no, the just... first trade is three percent. So oh. each trade, so I tr- I do what they call transfer of risk. Mm. So I'll give you an example. So two lots, I'm selling two lots. The market goes in my favor, right? I lock in my two lots. And, you know what I'm saying? Like I move. You know how yeah. empty for just take it down, just take it down. Yeah, yeah. But although when you're trading for an, an investment, uh, um, the, the platform is a bit different. So you have to literally chaos. There's no dragging. There's <laughs> no dragging, bro. There's yeah. no dragging. Good. Yeah. So, you know, so long story short, so you move it. Now, as the market is making its way lower, you've, you're risk-free on the first trade. So you can then do what they call transfer of risk. So you can now take another trade, 3% risk. Do you know what I'm saying? But this time it's not going to be two lots because the first trade, two lots because the stop loss was wide. This time around the stop loss is closer. So you're looking at probably six lots. So, but still within the 3% risk. So you've gotten into this trade. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is exactly how you keep stacking. But ideally within a move, I'm looking at maybe two, maximum three trades. And the first trade to get closed out is the is the last trade because it's a lot closer to you yeah, know because yeah. the pullback is bound to happen mm. you know because you can literally be in a move for a big picture move and then the market pulls back significantly so your last two trades might get affected so 
it's usually the last trade that I'm very concerned about. So that one is I'm looking on the daily time frame. If I see a bullish engulfing daily time frame around a minor level of support, don't forget I'm heading for the major level of support. But if I see a, a bullish can, um, daily candle close around the minor level of support, or maybe I look left and that maybe held in 1994, it's a major zone. And although it's not, it hasn't held in ages to come, but getting them daily candle close, and then I see another bullish engulfing daily candle. The, the the most recent trade is getting closed out. Yeah, you know I mean? so, and are you are you a um, uh, I'm just sort of trying to picture how you how you go about like like I suppose executing your strategy. I mean, is your strategy sort of rigid with like very specific rules, or are you is it more sort of a framework that you work to? And the other question is, do you are you sort of like a candle by candle kind of trader where? You would analyze, you know, the, the week's close. I'm just going to have a look at that that weekly candle. Decide on X, Y, Z, or that daily's close. How do you sort of? How do you? So for me, market, strategy. What happens is the market. The market is more. The market is basically patterns. You know what I mean? And the market moves in waves. So I look at consolidation moves on lower time frames, and then. As the market is about to start falling again, that's why I like to jump into the trade to catch the train. So this is my analogy, right? So in the UK, right, when I used to go from Coventry to London, okay, oh no, no, when I used to go from, let's just take it from Birmingham to London, right? Before you get to London, you have to go through Coventry. So it's Birmingham, Coventry, Rugby, Milton Keynes, then London, right? But on the Virgin trains, it's actually Birmingham, Coventry, London. Forget about rugby. I mean, those are the guys, right? So it's one stop there. So look at it this way. You're standing at Birmingham New Street Station. You feel the train is going to go to London, but you're not sure. So what I do is I say to myself, if this train is going to get to London, it must go through Coventry. So I don't board the train at Birmingham. I come away for you at Coventry because now I'm certain we ain't going to Manchester, right. we're going to London. You yeah. get what I mean? Yeah. So I allow the market to break out and then get to Coventry and consolidate for a bit and pick up all the passengers. And as it's about to start bleeding again, and that's where you find me. This way, I'm certain that we're getting to London. So I'm never in a hurry. So what I like to, long story short, I like to wait for breakout consolidation on the lower time frame, about four hour time frame. The more, you see, it's so obvious that we will pull back like, we'll pull back like in a, is it pennant or triangle? Pennant, yeah, pennant, yeah. Like, I just, just flag. Simple yeah. is the flag. A breakout of a, so breakout flag, I'm going with the, with the next look. Mm. That's mm. it. Yep. <laughs> Drop base and you're into the in the base and you're down with the yeah, with the it's as simple yeah. as it's as basic yeah. as that. And then at the bottom of the flag, because this is the this is the leg of the flag, and we pull back like this. So when we I sell here like a breakout of here, now once we're back to the base of the flag, I usually like to take out a percentage of my of my trade. So I just take out maybe if I have two lots open, I might take out 0.5 and then move stop losses past break even because at the bottom of the flag, we can literally get to rugby and the train just packs up. So yep. you have to go back to Birmingham <laughs> to get it fixed up. So I'm like, all right, cool. 
and I have to jump out. So I'd come out, I put some of my stuff at rugby. Yeah, yeah. If we do stop yeah. at rugby, I'm like, let me take and you don't want to be you don't want to be homeless at rugby, yeah. <laughs> you get what I mean? So just in case we have to go back to Birmingham. So so but then if I like, oh we're moving, I'm like, all right, cool, at least let's go. You know I mean, we're actually going yeah. to London. So that's pretty much the it's simple and straightforward. It's yeah. not it doesn't have to be complicated. It's a great analogy. Um now I'll ask this question, we'll dive into the quick fire round here. So what about from a trader's mindset point of view, do you have any things you teach your students or you, you, the guys you mentor or trip tricks or, or hacks that you've got around mindset and getting your mindset in the right space? So before, if I got $10,000 to trade with, I need to make sure my bills are paid off. I need to make sure I'm eating. I literally like to always have cash around me. I need to have a sense of abundance when I'm trading because what that does for me is it helps me be patient. It, may, it reminds me that I'm not lacking anything. Um, because when you have patience and you have a lack of lack, then you can make more rational decisions. But when you don't have bills paid off, and you feel the need to extract money from the market, then you start to screw shit up. So I always like to ensure, because I remember when I signed the contract for the first uh, 50 50 M. The first thing I did, um, I took out my money, my personal money from my trading account. Uh, I think it's about 30,000 US. I kept in with me. Um, I literally still have it till to, if you guys are here, I was going to go to the safe and yank it out. I literally have it $30,000 cash in the house. Always. Oh, yeah, go, and, go and get it at the end. We'll, 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 we'll whack off a screenshot of it. <laughs> Wait, I'm coming. Give me a second. So this is what you need to do, traders. You need to have you need to have stashes with you. This one. <laughs> you need to have stash. I'm, I'm like, I mean, come on, man. So what this does for me is this reminds me that I can sleep well at night, even if there was a freaking apocalypse. So I think one the other stash is in the safe. So this is twenty. This is real stuff, right? Right. This is always with me in my bag, except I'm traveling international. Maybe I might have to put that in the safe or something so I don't get flagged at the airport. So what this does for me is anytime I take a look at it, I know it's a bit weird, but this is why I live alone. Let me shut the door. But if you got a missus in the house, you might think you're a bit crazy, but this is why I live alone and I'm not married yet. So I take a look at it and it reminds me like, yo, sure. There was a time when you were a kid, a student, when I was trying to sell off my grandfather's shares, I started trading with something as little as this, maybe this. Maybe I came into the game with something as little as this. And now you can wake up and you have racks of this. Just saying, you know, so this reminds me like, yo, what brought you this far? Sticking to your rules, being patient, and waiting for the market to come to you. This represents that to me and it just reminds me like yo if you just keep doing what you're doing you're going to keep making a lot more of this you know get you know what i mean so this keeps me grounded it's a bit mm. i mean people are going to be like yeah, it's oh, interesting of it's, it's a good one people are just gonna be like traders i just keep showing like i don't like to show off money like i know the type because if you check my channel i probably have maybe like 
two or three lifestyle videos. I have almost 200 videos there, only three lifestyle videos, mm. which is very rare for a big Forex channel. Most people, for them to grow that big, they need to have a lot of lifestyle videos. I don't know yeah. the type to always. I like to do my talking on the charts, but let's not kid ourselves. This is why we do what we do to make money. You know what I mean? So this is my way of just, you know, keep, keep this around. Just remind me like, yo, listen, how are you able to make all of this? I remember when you barely even had 20 pieces of this and now you got how many pieces is 30 this is no this is 300 pieces right next to you which is absolutely nothing even compared to what you actually have in your bank account so dude just relax go back to sleep get an extra hour of sleep if the market not ready just leave it alone do you want to keep having this kind of stuff yeah just relax yeah, yeah. relax That's it's almost it like you're, you're talking to your inner self inner self just sort of yeah. Which is yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great little thing. So if you've got thirty grand that you can just pull out your bank and chuck in your safe at home, there's your hack, guys. Yeah. Maybe twenty or ten it's, if you if you want. Yeah, it's whatever yeah. amount that rocks your boat. I don't know why it was thirty though, but it was. I don't know. Maybe I should make it a hundred. I don't know. I just, thirty was enough for me to just. Do you know, sometimes I just when I'm bored, I just yank one out. I just count. I've got two in the safe, one in my bag, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you, you, you take one with you, yeah, if you go traveling. Yeah, because I've got a Michael Kors backpack here. It's really cool. Michael yeah. Kors. So I've got like a proper work bag that I use, like when I'm going, like a proper business meeting, like bag with my hand luggage. I think it's an MKLV, one of them. So I have that so when I'm traveling. But this, I like to put it on my bag when I'm going to the office. Just so I've got like ten bags with me, and I live in the most. I live in the safest country in the world, which is Dubai. It's a safe. Like I could, I could literally, as long as there are cameras, I could leave this right in the most, right in the middle of the mall. Really, and nobody would bother. They'd just nobody, be like, somebody no, hand for, it in for your, for your own. If you want to live, if you want to spend another day alive on this planet. You dare not touch it. Oh, serious? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, they're That's not going to cool. say anything to you. They're not going to say anything. But the police is going to get it back for you. And that well, guy, yeah, he's fucked. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's let's dive into some uh, some of these quick fire rounds questions. Won't do them all. Um, what about your? Do you have a recommended trading book or resource? Yeah, go watch my YouTube channel. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. Yeah. We'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes. Now, what about? Um, do you want to walk us through your worst trade ever? Yes, of course. Ah, um, uh, there was a particular time, and this is why I never have more than I never trade. I hardly trade multiple pairs at the same time. At best, two pairs. Because I, I see people's a lot of people's empty phones, and then I see they have, they've got sorry, I've got my housekeeper around. I need to put this away somewhere soon. Now that I need okay. to be worried about. Okay. <laughs> because I tell you why, because <laughs> they might get to the airport before you can get to the police. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they might get to the airport before you can get to the police. Yeah, I wasn't exactly. here on the flight. It's twenty k. <laughs> Rip off the done. passport. It's crazy. Um, but um, it was, and this is why I was trying to about to say something. This is why I never trade too many pairs at the same time. At best, I have four trades open. 
So it was during the 2014 uh, collapse, or not collapse, but quantitative easing when the US dollar was just beautiful. I made so much money. I must have taken an account from one account I took from 12K to 50, another one 10K to 32K. So I'm in total probably still on my best, one of my best trades. So I was second year of uni, first year of uni, had 100,000 pounds, 150, 100,000 pounds to my name. Luckily for me, that money, I kept it somewhere. Like I'd taken it, luckily for me, kept it somewhere. So around. So I went, someone, a friend of mine gave me 10K again and he wanted me to trade for him. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So, okay, you know what? Let me actually give you 20K. I'm like, all right, cool. 20K is better. So I see, obviously, collapse, consolidation, flag. The euro is about to throw up again. Everything's nice. Everything's cute. Bam, start trading again. Literally, euro was doing the same thing. AUD, USD, the same thing. You know, they all kind of like follow everybody mm-hmm. like a bunch yeah. of bunch of chicks right everybody's doing the same thing even knock sec as a pair called i think it's a norwegian oh corner. norwegian yeah it's a norwegian corona norwegian corona yeah. yeah. as well yeah. as well yeah good so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm doing everything's doing the same thing I'm watching TV and then FOMC is going on. I'm not really paying attention to FOMC that much. You know, my trades, everything was cool. And then, is it Janet Yellen or Ben Bernanke that was the Fed chairman? I think it was Ben or Jan- no, Janet. Jan- this is when Janet just became. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think they wrote it as FOMC. They must have wrote it as something, something speaking. Just somebody was speaking. Yeah, on the speech. Yeah. It was a speech. And on Forex Factory, I have a filter that only filters for high-impact news. Hmm. So I think it probably didn't come up on high-impact news. Boy, I had 12 positions open. Everything was doing. I'd taken that 20K to, I was probably pushing 39 about it. I was this maybe like 800 pounds short of doubling the account. When the pullbacks started to happen, I'm talking 250 pip pullbacks in minutes. In minutes. Something I've been stacking up for two and a half weeks. I had trades lined up. You know, I was he was the by the following week we were done. I was supposed to redraw the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna go buy a BMW three series at the shoe price and everything, you know, because about 10 bags of that money was gonna be mine. And yeah, that was that was horrible. I, I was yeah. I was and what happened was I almost blew the account because you know what happened? I went into a you know, so this is it was at that point that I learned something that I told you earlier that the reason I look at higher time frames is to understand what exactly is the market doing. Because for after every major move, there must be a period of consolidation. That reversal led to the, if you go on the euro dollar chart right about now, you'll notice that. So if you go back, if you go back to, you see the spike I'm talking about. If you go back to, hold on, if you go back to Tuesday, March 
if you go back to Monday, March 2015, 16th of March 2015. Yeah, you see where the market starts to pour off on the 26th of February, all that move, beautiful. And then we get to a point where we're just chilling, just a little, relax. the market is relaxing, we're waiting for further downside. And then on the Wednesday, 18th of March, you can literally see a massive spike. Now, it doesn't look that big on a daily time frame, but at the time, this thing had erased all of my gains. And what happened was, because I didn't understand what was going on, like I hadn't experienced that kind of thing before, I didn't have that kind of data. It's like the AI, do you get what I mean? With the data, yeah. He put out what he knows, right? I ain't, I ain't taking that kind of piece of information. So I panicked and I closed out a lot of my positions and I just added some positions, you know, further down. So I closed out. Every, I was just... And by the time I was done, I panicked, closed everything. And by the time I was done, a 20K account that I had, that had probably 38K floating equity, probably down to 17.5. So if it messes with your head because now you're like, what? 38K? That's my money. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And, and now I'll be the first person to teach and preach to you and tell you that, yo, listen, whatever the market gives you, be grateful and take it. It's not your money. You should be, consider yourself, you know, grateful. You should be grateful, you know? Consider yourself one of the privileged few that you're able to take some money out of the market. That's why once the market gets to the bottom of my flag, I just take out a little bit. Once we get to rugby, I'm grateful that the train yeah, you're out. <laughs> rugby, you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but scenario, I'll just wait for another train. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's so that was what taught me all of that. So I was like, what? My money. And so I, 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 took the money, I took that account back down to 2K. Blew it to 2K. Wow. Blew it to 2K. Wow. So just completely Blew screwed. This is somebody, and I had perfected my strategy. Now, now I'm starting to learn something a bit different, starting to gain some more information. What saved me was my, I mean, the fact that I, I was lucky that I actually got my strategy on point. So what happened was, so if you go back and check again, <laughs> if you go back and check the euro around this time, you notice that, so because... So why did I lose all that money? If after the spike back up, I was 17.8. Because I was so used to selling, if you zoom out properly and start checking all the way back, all the way, if you zoom mm, out properly. Yeah, it's big, big sales, so isn't it? Just selling around this period that, you know, is all you want to do is sell. But guess what? This guy around, uh, sorry, I just need to pull up the date, around... Thursday, March 18th, the market looks like he wants to start selling again on the 19th of March, which is the next day because you have this red bar. I didn't know that that guy was just retracing for the retrace. So the spike up, I thought we're going to start falling again. So I'm like, okay, we're going to start start selling again. I didn't know that we're just pulling back down for more upside. So, you know, because he only used to selling. You can't really tell that the market is about to you know, change, something's about to, I didn't know that. So you keep selling and then luckily for me, so you can see red bar and then the market goes green again. Stop losses, huge stop losses. Risk management is out the window. 
At this point, you don't really give a shit. You're just pushing. <laughs> I'm telling you, everything I've, I've spoken to about today, I, 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 I speak from experience. Like this yeah. thing happens. So when I have all these rules and circuit breakers, you have to understand, like when I say the market actually dealt with me, dealt with me in real life. So this is why I'm extremely careful and I know exactly how to handle. So and then look, the market is about to fall again. What date is this? So we're about to go selling again. The market is about to start falling again. 27th of March. And don't forget, because you're negative and it's not exactly your money, you, you're desperate. You want it back. Like, oh, the market's about to start falling again. And you're jumping. Look at that. Tuesday, 31st of March, 15th. First day, April. April Fool's Day. The market starts heading up again. And you have a bunch of self positions because you, you want you want the market to drop again. So, And then market just rallies all the way to the upside. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Worst trade done. Um Worst trade, should I say? Um, hey, look, this has been awesome, Dapo. Thank you for coming on the show. And I'll, I want you to give the guys one piece of advice before we wrap up here, and then we'll let them. Well, then you can tell them how they can find you. So, what's so your before piece of I advice? do that, before yeah, I on. do that, I'll give you the piece of advice. But I need to tell you how I recovered, so they don't think I'm. Oh yeah, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Cool. So, and then if you look again closely, you can see that the market decided to sell off again. So that's exactly how I was able to recover and take the 2K back to its initial principle and give it back to my mate and make sure he was okay. But you have to understand this happened over a period of what, six, four to maybe like four weeks. So the amount of stuff that I learned within that period is immense. Okay, so I just wanted to... You know, yeah, so experience yeah. is the best teacher. Okay, so what's and the in, ingrained in your head? Basically, like four weeks of pain is ingrained in your head, right? Forever, forever, yeah, forever. And all right, cool. So I'll let you guys go now. Uh, what's the last thing I have to say to you guys? Uh, well, I suggest that you take a few steps back and evaluate what are your objectives in the market. What are you trying to achieve? You have to understand that this is not a get-rich-quick thing. This is an investment vehicle to grow your money. You have to reduce your expectations of the market significantly. If you can look at 10% a month, if you can, all I, I'm going to put you guys on a challenge. One winning trade a month. How about that? Trade once a month. If you can make what? If you can make 10% a month, one winning trade a month. If you make 10% a month, you do that for 12 months, you're, you're good to go. Forget about all the people promising, oh, that they, they look like they're living a good life. Most people you see living a good life on social media from Forex actually are not living a good life from Forex. So that's that's one thing. So 10% a month, put it on yourself on a 10% a month challenge. Once you make 10%, stop trading. Do this for six months and you're really, you're really in the green. You're doing a lot better than most people because most traders can't even keep their account till the end of the year. I didn't say make money on the account. Mm. Most people who deposit ten who deposited ten thousand dollars at the first of January don't have that ten thousand dollars thirty first of December at the end of the year. I didn't say make money. I'm saying just even keep the account. Okay, yeah. so if you've been able to make sixty percent over six months or twelve months, you're a genius. Mm. You just do that. And it's so easy to do one trade a month. Do 10% and you're pretty much good to go. So I think that's it. Nice challenge. All right, folks. Um, oh, Dapo, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the folks to get hold of you? Uh, Instagram. My Instagram name is Dapo Willis, Dapo.Willis. Be very careful because a lot of people pretend to be like be me. So you have to check well and look which Instagram account has the comments 
because people a lot, a lot of people come in on my stuff. Um, so dapo.willis, not dapo.willis one or two, it's a dapo.willis mining. You can you can see the page is pretty active. So Instagram is a fantastic place to get a hold of me. Uh Twitter as well. My name is Dapo Willis everywhere. Um Dapo Willis on Twitter, Dapo Willis on Instagram. But if indeed you want to stand any chance at learning what I have to teach or learning anything, you know, from me and stuff like that, the freest and the best way to go about this is YouTube. Go on my YouTube channel and just comb it, watch it till your eyes fall off. And I can guarantee you that you will be grateful to my dear friend Cam Hawkins for 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 having me on this interview. This interview is going to change a lot of your a lot of your subscribers and your your listeners' lives. Trust me. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Look, hey folks, what the, you should actually be able to see Dapo's Instagram on the screen right now. Um, now, a big thank you to him. So, thank you, Dapo, for sharing every uh, sharing with us today. Look, everything we have discussed here, and if you do just want to click on the links, you're going to be able to find them in the show notes. Um, simply search for Dapo. That's D A P O in the search box on TradingNut.com. Yeah. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Righty ho, folks, interview done and dusted with Dapo. Now, do remember that support and resistance series is dropping. Episode one drops this week. Three parts to it. Awesome stuff. You've got to go and check it out there on the YouTube channel. We've also got that interview with Herrera coming up, who is the first one to pass the Fidel Crest 50k challenge. And we've got other traders up there on the live streams, including Aerial FX, are back in the house this month as well. Um, other things, folks, do remember if you do want to take part and get a chance to uh, run one of the live streams here on Trading Nut, then there's a link below the video for that as well. All right, folks, enough from me. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.